Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast. The Timberwolves beat the Nuggets on Monday night, snapping their six-game losing streak. Beat the best team in the West, the Denver Nuggets. We'll break down the win, what the Wolves did well, uh, who played the best. Obviously, Ant in the second half was fantastic. We'll talk about Jade McDaniel's great game. The job the Wolves did on Nikola Jokic. There's plenty to get to on the post-game pod. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is a victory Tuesday as the Timberwolves beat the Denver Nuggets on Monday night by 13 points. A big thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms and also the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app that you can find on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and my account, which is at BBeacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. This is the post-game podcast. This is uh, the happiest post-game podcast we've had here in a couple of weeks. Um, The Wolves had a six-game losing streak. I talked about on this very show on Monday. Actually, I talked about it in the live postcast with Marty Gellner of Valley Sports North on Saturday night following the, what hopefully was the rock bottom loss to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Actually, I don't know. We might've talked about this off the air uh, after the postcast, but I also mentioned it on Monday's show. I thought that matchup against the Nuggets on Monday specifically was a sneaky, uh, a sneaky, sneakily decent chance for the Wolves to come out with a win against a team that they really should not have beaten. And that was before we knew who was playing and who wasn't. I said on Monday's show, I recorded it on Sunday afternoon, and I didn't know whether or not Jamal Murray was going to play in their game on Sunday against Boston. He did. He did not play Sunday. And the Nuggets won, which implied that he probably would play Tuesday because, or excuse me, Monday because he wasn't going to play back-to-backs, right? He's been resting on back-to-backs this year. So Jamal Murray ends up playing and the Wolves are without D'Angelo Russell. The Wolves are without Nas Reed, Russell with the non-COVID illness and uh, uh, Nas with back spasms. So the Wolves are more shorthanded than I would have expected or I did expect when I said the Wolves had a shot against the Nuggets and the Nuggets are, w- are with Jamal Murray. So uh, things easily could have flipped back the other way, but Denver traveling on the second night of a back-to-back, they had that delay due to the uneven rim in Denver on Sunday. So they got in like at 3 a.m. or something on Monday. And uh, the travel, like it it showed for Denver. Um, This certainly wasn't a blow up by any means. It was closer than the 13-point final deficit. This was pretty much like a two, three possession game uh, for most of it. The Wolves did lead most of the way. Uh, but for me, this was, first of all, a some, it was predictable that the Wolves could get up for this game after losing to the worst team in the league on Saturday. They then take on the best team in the West on Monday on the second night of a back-to-back for Denver, rest advantage for Minnesota at home since Saturday night's loss. They had the players only meeting after the game on Saturday. There's all this stuff about like, hey, is the season over? Is this rock bottom? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This team has gotten up for the big games. Like, Good or bad, which I, I mean, I guess that's good. What's frustrating is that they play to their competition, right? They get up for these games. They play bad against the shorthanded Miami team a week ago. They play bad against the worst team in the league in Detroit on Saturday, but they beat uh, Denver on Monday. And even going back, like last week, they play Zion to a tough one-point game on Wednesday, a really good Pelicans team on the road. 
And Friday, they're competitive against Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best teams in the league. So it's like these guys are playing hard against the good teams, mostly. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of mailing it in against the bad teams. And it all added up to a six-game losing streak coming into Monday. But my biggest takeaway from this game is they executed the game plan. Uh, that's, that's, that's it really. Like, look at what they did early in the game. I, I talked about on the, on the preview show on Monday, on Monday's episode that Denver's a bad perimeter defense team. They're bottom five in the league overall by any defensive metric that one of their biggest issue is issues is perimeter defense. Like Aaron Gordon, uh, you know, a, a pretty good one-on-one defender, Michael Porter Jr. has flashes, but like consistently they're not a good perimeter defense team. Um, and they don't block a ton of shots in the paint. Like it's just, they have some of these, like coming in, it seemed like the Wolves should be able to straight line drive to the basket and beat these guys off the dribble. And they did that early. Um, the Nuggets were struggling to stay in front of Anthony Edwards. They were struggling. Now, Ant didn't score early in the game at all. He didn't score at all in the first quarter. But in general, the Wolves were getting penetration, drive and kick. Kyle Anderson, of all people, was getting penetration. I mean, he typically does in his own kind of slow motion way. Um, but... Denver had to play a lot of zone and then Kyle Anderson was picking the zone apart. And then eventually it was Ant as we got into the third quarter. Ant had 15 of his 29 in the third quarter. Um, he had 23 by the end of the third and then scored six in the fourth. But this was a progression over the course of the game of Denver said, oh shoot, we can't guard the Wolves in the perimeter. We'll go to zone. Then Kyle Anderson picks the zone apart. Jaden McDaniels is hitting open threes and driving and shooting nine of 10 from the field for McDaniels in just 25 minutes. And the Wolves offensively made the Nuggets move their feet. They moved the ball from side to side. They took advantage of the advantageous matchups when they got them, whether it was Ant or McDaniels or Kyle Anderson or Jalen Noel, who got the start in the absence of D'Angelo Russell in this game. So the Wolves executed that game plan and that they, the ball movement was effective. They got the ball to the players they wanted to have the ball in the matchups they wanted to be in. And then when the Nuggets switched to zone, the Wolves figured out a way to beat that zone, which was has been such a big issue earlier this season. But the Wolves did a good job against it in this game. And then in the second half, it was time for Ant to take over. Um, it was time for Jalen Noel to hit a couple of key buckets after struggling early. Um, and, and this team just kind of like, the Nuggets kept coming back, right? Denver was within two with about five and a half minutes to play. They were within four with like three minutes to play. And the Wolves just like, even though Denver kept coming back, this this wasn't, it's not typical of this year's, of, of any Wolves team in recent memory, right? Where they handle these runs well. And the Wolves did that in this game. I thought they were really, really good with handling Denver's runs late. And that's because they had, they had figured out how to attack offensively over the course of the game. And they just kept going back to that. Um, and, and it worked down the stretch. On the other end of the floor, the Wolves also executed the game plan. Yeah, Denver scored 111. Yeah, they shot 46%, 38% from three. They made got to the line 20 times. So, you know, the numbers are okay for Denver, but the Wolves made them work. Um, the Wolves made Joker work for his 24, nine and seven. He had five turnovers in this game. Uh, Jokic did. He only had one assist at halftime. He had eight in the second half and, and Denver did have that third quarter surge. They did take a lead. Um, early in the fourth quarter. And that's what I'm talking about. Like this thing was close. This was a close game. Um, but the Wolves did an outstanding job on Jokic in the first half and a good enough job on him in the second half that they were able to to, to retake that lead. And the game plan was just kind of muck things up, be physical as much as possible. Kyle Anderson did a pretty good job on Jokic, especially in the first half. Um, McDaniels was in a little bit of foul trouble, but ultimately when he was on the floor was very good. 
Um, Luca Garza off the bench did a good job when he was asked to guard Jokic again, just being physical and and like I said, mucking things up, make things convoluted as much as possible. Um, Jamal Murray had no points in the first half. They made him work. He pretty much did his only damage in the third quarter. It was really just like a couple of mini Bones Highland runs where the Wolves didn't contest his three-point attempts uh, well enough. He had, a, I think, a couple of like bursts in the one in the first half, one in the second half that were dangerous. But other than that, for the most part, the Nuggets had to work for what they got. Um, and you know, Aaron Gordon shot four of 18, um, of three from outside the arc. The only player that, that the only players that shot well from deep for the Nuggets were Porter and and Highland. So the Wolves did a good job, uh, defensively being physical, um, making things difficult on Jokic. There were, again, there were a couple of runs, even besides the Bones Highland ones, um, where the Wolves kind of like faux double teamed Jokic that wasn't really effective where, you know, and this was primarily third quarter, right? When the Nuggets made their run and early fourth quarter was the Wolves would have like a player guarding Jokic and then Rudy Gobert kind of shadow double where he comes like two thirds of the way there. But like Jokic is a good enough passer. He's obviously going to find the baseline cutter. He's going to find the guy in the dunker spot. He's going to throw the lob, like whatever it is. That wasn't effective. And I doubt that that was the game plan. I think that was just the wrong positioning for Gobert and, and others who tried it. Uh, but for the most part, I thought they executed the game plan well. They had a good game plan to make things difficult on Denver. I want to dive into a couple of other aspects of this game that I thought were really good for the Wolves. Some of the areas that they've really struggled in this season uh, that they were much better in, in this particular game. So I want to get into that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Prize Picks. If you took, I don't know, Aaron Gordon rebounds over, he had 16 boards in this game. You would have been great over at Prize Picks. Um, if you'd taken Anthony Edwards points over, you would have been in good shape as well. Um, Prize Picks is a ton of fun. If you're wondering how it works, I'll tell you. You just pick two to six players if they'll score more or less than their Prize Picks projection. And it's not just points, you can do rebounds, assists, field goals made, three pointers made, steals, et cetera. And you can win up to 25 times your money. On any entry, you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. They offer projections on any sport that you watch. This includes uh, the NFL, the NBA, of course, NHL, college sports, and you can cross sports. You could do like a, you know, I don't know, Thursday night football plus uh, Thursday night NBA on TNT cross sport uh, projection uh, projections. It's a ton of fun. You can make your entries in less than 60 seconds. It really is that easy. Simply download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, they'll give you $100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, a couple additional takeaways from this game. So some of the issues we've arrived on the show harped on for the Wolves, and I guess like it's not just me. This is These are obvious issues, right? Um, I like to think I have some original analysis here, but it's pretty obvious. The Wolves have been a terrible <laughs> rebounding team this season. It's pretty obvious they've been really bad on the defensive glass, especially. They've turned the ball over too much at times. They've struggled to defend the three-point line at times. Um, those are kind of some of the prime oh, fast break defense, which actually wasn't great in this game either. But for the most part, they competed well in each of those areas. So like, for instance, Denver did have 18 offensive rebounds in this game, um, but the Wolves overall were only a minus four on the glass. 
uh, in this game. They were competitive on the offensive glass themselves. Nate Knight was really good off the bench on the offensive glass. He missed a couple of bunnies at the rim. Um, but actually, both teams missed shots in the restricted area, you know, within three feet of the basket pretty frequently in this game. Both teams shot the ball poorly um, right around the rim. But the Wolves were competitive on the offensive glass themselves, which helped offset a little bit some of the offensive rebounds that Denver got. Um, and, you know, also, it was just kind of Aaron Gordon, you know, playing patty cake at, at a couple of points of the game, too. And, and he ultimately shot four of 18. So exhibit A for shooting the ball poorly in the restricted area, Aaron Gordon. Um, but still, overall, they were competitive on the glass and they played hard. And Marnie and I talked about this in tonight's postcast or Monday night's postcast as well, which, by the way, if you're listening, uh, if you're not on YouTube, if you're listening to the audio feed, the episode before this is the live postcast with Marnie. Um, and if you are on YouTube, you can hop over to the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel and find that video from Marnie and I last night. Um, but the like the overall competitiveness of the Timberwolves, the activity level, even if they gave up 18 offensive rebounds, they were only a minus four overall on the glass. And there was actually some resistance for Denver. I mean, how many of these games like Saturday against Detroit is the most recent and most obvious example where the Wolves just weren't competitive on the glass, four guys standing around the ball drops in the middle and the other team gets the ball. That didn't happen in this game. And part of that, honestly, like I don't want to get into the whole like, hey, look who didn't play in this game thing, because we'll see how Wednesday goes if some of these guys are back. And, and I'm not I don't mean Nas. I mean, D'Angelo Russell. Um, I don't want to get into that yet because like, I don't know that that's fair in this situation because D'Angelo Russell wasn't the only guy on the floor on Saturday, right? There were plenty of guys that weren't going after loose balls and weren't getting rebounds on the defensive end of the floor and weren't competitive um, on 50-50 balls or or just in general uh, throughout that game. That wasn't just D'Angelo Russell. But in this game, look at some of the guys who did play. Uh, Nate Knight, Luca Garza, those guys are always going after loose balls. They're always going after potential rebounds. Those guys compete, and they both played and played well in this game. They both rebounded the basketball. Garza had six rebounds in 14 minutes. Nate Knight had eight rebounds in 22 minutes, and they were— uh, Anthony Edwards actually led the Wolves in rebounds in this game with 10. Knight and Garza each played less minutes than Rudy Gobert. They each played less minutes than Kyle Anderson, who were both front court starters for the Wolves in this game. Less minutes than Jaden McDaniels, who was a front court starter in this game for the Wolves. And yet Knight and Garza each individually out-rebounded all three of those guys. They all out-rebounded. Knight had eight boards in 22 minutes. Garza had six in 14 minutes. McDaniels, Anderson, Gobert all had four rebounds, and they all played between 25 and 31 minutes individually. So Knight and Garza were a huge part of this, and and I really want to shout them out. Like They're not going to get studs and duds mentions in this game. They didn't have a big enough role, and, and the starters played well in general, too. But um, those guys were impactful off the bench. So this takeaway is specific to rebounding and the competitiveness overall, uh, the competition level that the Wolves brought to this game, which was a a very welcome change of pace. But also Knight and Garza specifically were extremely good off the bench. And I will continue to beat the Nate Knight drum. Nate Knight needs to be getting rotation minutes in the NBA. Like, Like he's a rotation guy. I'm not saying he's a starter. I'm not saying he's a superstar. I'm saying that he's an 18, 20 plus minute per game guy, potentially a seventh, eighth man in a rotation that can play the four, play the five. You know, he's got some holes defensively, but he's kind of a jack of all trades, uh, even if he is a master of none. But he will always play hard. Like there's a little bit of Jared Vanderbilt to his game in terms of his motor, right? 
Um, but he's got better touch, obviously, offensively. I don't. He's certainly not the defender that Jared Vanderbilt was and, and obviously can't defend on the perimeter like Vando could guard most positions. He was pretty much able to guard two through four on the perimeter, you know, for the most part. Knight can't do that. But in terms of motor, rebounding ability, um, and, and he's a better offensive player, like Nate Knight needs to find his way onto the floor more often for Minnesota. And like, I, I feel like I could do a whole segment on this, but that's my two cents. And, and um, I don't know, go back and listen to everything I said after the Bulls game, everything I said after the Thunder game. Um, and anytime I get to, any chance I get to talk about Nate Knight, I'll talk about Nate Knight. He needs to play more. Um, so Knight and Garza are very good off the bench for the Wolves in this game. Rebounding very good. The Wolves were a plus three in the turnover category. They only turned it over 11 times in this game. Fast break, uh, you know, offense wasn't outstanding. The fast break defense wasn't outstanding. Um, and, and the Nuggets will take what you give them, right? Like if you allow them to run on you, they'll run on you. And the Wolves should have been better in that area. That was kind of the big, the one area that they typically struggle in that they also struggled in in this game. But for the most part, the Wolves guarded the three-point line decently. We talked about that a little bit already. They shot the ball well from three themselves. They actually out-free-throwed their opponents, which hasn't happened in a while. They were a plus seven in terms of attempts and uh, shot a similar percentage to Denver at the free-throw line, which was huge. Um, so a lot of these categories that have been problems for Minnesota, they were good. Oh, points in the paint. That's another one. Um, you know, I said this a minute ago, neither team shot the ball well in the paint or within the restricted area, but the Wolves were competitive in the paint. I believe they were a plus four. I'm going to make sure I got that number right. Um, yeah, they were plus four in the paint. And this is a team like, I mean, like Jokic and his passing, hitting cutters and, and all that stuff and Gordon in the paint, like these guys typically do very well around the basket and the Wolves at least were contesting shots. And, and I, to be clear, Denver missed some bunnies, but like, there were possessions where McDaniels and Garza and others were walling up in the paint, hands straight up in the air, doing a great job at defending without fouling and just being a body, throwing some sort of an obstacle in the way to keep Denver from making easy baskets, uh, from, from from getting easy points at the rim. And, and like that's a simple thing, but it's a thing that the Wolves don't do a lot of the time. And they did it in this game. And, and like... That translates to uh, ultimately what was a 13-point win. But like this is a close game down the stretch, and every bucket matters. And the Wolves were competitive in the paint. Again, uh, not, a, not a thing we've been able to say frequently this season. Okay, I want to close with individual studs and duds, as I always do. There's a couple guys we haven't talked enough about yet, frankly, that, that played really well for the Wolves um, in the starting lineup. So we're going to do that here next. Today's episode of Locked on Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, sports betting stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, which is, of course, now we're in the college football playoffs, so we just have the championship game next week. I believe that's the last game. Of course it's the last game. Um, there's uh, you know NHL, really any any collegiate college basketball. I mean, we're in the middle of conference play. Uh, the Gophers are in conference play right now. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Go check out and see what the Wolves line is at home against Portland on Wednesday. I haven't looked yet. What I'm interested to see, obviously it depends a little bit on who's playing, but that's going to be a, you know, I'm guessing maybe Portland by one, one and a half. Like, that should be a close line, I think, on Wednesday, Wolves-Blazers. Head to the website today. Again, it's betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.
All right, let's talk individual studs and duds from Wolves Nuggets. Uh, number one has to be has to be Anthony Edwards. Uh, 29, 10, and 5 in this game, 10 of 24 from the floor. And he was only 3 of 11 outside the arc. So inside the arc, he was 7 of 13, so above 50% on twos. And, of course, most of that was around the rim. I guess he's been shooting a little bit more from mid-range lately. 6 of 6 at the free throw line. Another game where... He should have gotten to the line more often. By the way, great to see him making all of his free throws. That's been an issue of late for Ant, uh, uncharacteristically over the past couple of weeks here, is making free throws. But he should have gotten to the line more often. Um, he also should have complained less. Like Both things can be true, right? He complains too much and it, to the detriment of his team, but he also should be getting more foul calls. Like, what are we... like? It's ridiculous, the, the number of calls that Ant does not get, but... Um, I also think there's it's a little bit like Towns where there's fatigue from the refs of hearing these guys complain too much, fair or unfair. Um, you got to be aware of it. Anyway, that, I don't want to I don't want to detract from this. It was a good game for Ant. 29-10 and 5, only three turnovers, which was good for as much as he had the ball in his hands. I didn't say this. I mean, I said no D'Angelo Russell, but like I didn't belabor this point maybe as much as I should have off the top of the show. No point guards in uniform for the Timberwolves in this game. Like Jalen Noel and Anthony Edwards are running your offense for the majority of the game. Austin Rivers ran some off the bench. He actually played 32 minutes off the bench. Rivers did and played well overall. Um, so I don't know. No point guards like that's that's pretty good. Um, Kyle Anderson, actually, I should I should point out. Well, we'll get to Kyle Anderson here in a minute, but he ran some offense, too. So great game from Ant. Um, and I said 15 points in the third quarter. He had no points like up through the midway point of the second quarter, 15 in the third alone finishes with 29 on 24 shots. And was great when the wolves needed him as the nuggets were making those pushes in the third and fourth quarter. Ant was, was the primary source of offense for Minnesota. And I thought he did a good job picking his spots. It wasn't straight like ISO. I'm going to do this because I'm going to do it type of basketball. It was, um, opportunistic. I thought it was intelligent. I thought it was well-timed for the most part. Like I, I thought Ant played really well. Jade McDaniels is is the next stud, 21 points on 10 shots. Find me a more Jade, more efficient Jade McDaniels game. I don't think I don't think there is one ever, has been at any point in his two plus years in the league. 21 points on nine of ten shooting, a perfect two of two outside the arc, one of two at the free throw line, four rebounds, four assists, a steal and a block. Tied for the team lead in plus minus with a plus 13. Fantastic on both ends of the floor. A little bit of foul trouble. Kept him to only 25 minutes. He played only 25 minutes, but had 21 points. Um, I don't know this for sure, but I'd be shocked if he had over 20 points in any game ever in his career where he played less than 30 minutes. Um, this was as efficient as it gets, uh, really, for almost anybody, but especially for Jaden McDaniels. Really great all-around game. Good activity level solid as a cutter, like relatively active, had a couple of nice drives himself where he just straight line drove to the basket, got a layup. More of that, please, from Jaden McDaniels. I feel like I've said this five, six, seven times after games this season. It's at least more frequent than it was last year, but it's not quite to the frequency level that the Wolves need him to be, um, especially with as many guys missing as are currently. Um, you know, if, if we were getting more of this from McDaniels with Towns out, I think we'd be talking about a, a record better than 17 and 21. Um, but here we are. Kyle Anderson's my third stud in this game, 19 and eight plus three steals for Anderson. He initiated a ton of offense. I mentioned him earlier in the show, I think first segment about picking apart the zone defense and slow-mo is so great at getting into the middle, the soft spots of the zone around the elbows, um, kind of that 10 foot mark, like uh, kind of between the circle or between the restricted area and the, and the hash below the free throw line, like the dotted line. 
like just really good at getting there, finding cutters, finding shooters, distributing, being smart with the ball. And he plays at his own pace, right? That's that's the whole thing with slow-mo is, is he can get his shot off wherever, however he wants. He made a couple crazy weird shots in this game, but he can also f- pass the ball as well as anybody. Uh, 19 and eight, only one turnover in 31 minutes. Plus, you know, had the eight assists and also again, the three steals, six of 12 shooting, three of four outside the arc. We're seeing a Kyle Anderson shooting clinic so far this season. And, and I, I hope and pray that it does not, we don't see a regression to the career averages for Kyle Anderson, a perfect four of four at the line, 19 points at 12 shots. That's, this is a, you know, kind of a souped up perfect slow-mo game in my opinion. So fantastic game from Kyle Anderson. And, and I, I mentioned that Noel and Edwards were the backcourt. Well, Kyle Anderson initiated a ton, especially when the Nuggets were in zone. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, I only have three studs. But I do want to shout out the bench. I, I talked a lot about Knight and Garza earlier. Matt Ryan was solid in his 21 minutes. He's still got to shoot the ball better from three. Like, if you're going to call plays for a three-point shooter, you got to make the three-point shots, right? Um, and the Wolves are trying to get Matt Ryan into a groove. Clearly, this guy must be incredible in practice because they everybody talks about his release and his footwork and all this stuff coming on screens. And, like, if they could find, like, a a, a version of that type of a shooter and obviously that's what they're trying to do with Ryan, but he's got to make those shots in games. Just one of four outside the arc in this game. I thought he was okay though. Austin Rivers, eight and five in 32 minutes. All five of his shot attempts were from beyond the arc. He made two of them and five assists to no turnovers. So like you combine Anderson and Rivers, the two vets that that operated a lot as basically point guards in this game, they combined for 13 assists and one turnover. I'll take that. Who needs a point guard, right? Don't quote me on that on Wednesday if D'Lo doesn't play Wednesday and... The Wolves lose, but uh, overall, no issues getting into the offense in this game. 124 points. Again, the Nuggets, despite the fact the Nuggets are a good team, I want to be really clear. They're a bad defensive team. So like, I'm not doing laps about the Wolves offense yet because it's been one game, first of all. And second of all, because the Nuggets are a bad defensive team. I just thought the Wolves did enough defensively and did their part offensively to beat a bad defensive team in Denver. Um, You know, Denver's still a good team overall, and, and this is a good win for Minnesota. I don't want to take away from that. There's no duds in this game. I thought everyone played well. Rudy had a quieter game because of foul trouble. He had eight points, four rebounds, only three shot attempts, three assists, a couple of blocks, uh, one that was called a goaltend that definitely, I don't think, was a goaltend. Um, so it could have been three blocks. But I thought it was a good Rudy game when he was on the floor. Just, you know, foul trouble got him a little bit. Um, continues to be quiet offensively for the Wolves. They they tried to force the ball to him. I think actually Kyle Anderson's only turnover was a lob he tried to throw to Rudy who had like one arm pinned down and he tried to like throw it. Rudy tried to one hand catch it. It was a dumb pass by Anderson, but um, like it was just an example. Of the Wolves trying to force it to Rudy and get him going. It didn't quite work, but um, eh, not a dud. It was a, it was a fine performance from Gobert um, besides the foul trouble. Uh, that's really it on this game. Um, well, of course, uh, you know, the Wolves take on Portland at home on Wednesday. You know, we've got a we've got a Wednesday show. We'll preview that game on tomorrow's show, Wednesday show, among other things. And then Portland Wednesday. And then uh, things don't get easier. They have the Clippers Friday before Saturday off Sunday against Houston. Um, so a uh, it gets a little more. I, the Wolves, they Wolves have to win one of the next two, right? They have to. I said this on Monday show. They got to win two out of three of this homestand, or I should say, well, two out of three of the remaining games after the Detroit loss. Um, Portland Wednesday is obviously the easier of the two games, but they struggle with Portland. They lost twice to them on the road uh, about three weeks ago, and Dame dominated against the Wolves. So that'll be a tough game, and then the Clippers Friday. So um, anyway, we'll do uh, we'll do 
the live postcast after both games. We'll preview those matchups, and then we'll also have a show on Thursday as well, as we always do. So a big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Um, of course, you can uh, follow this show uh, on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. You can watch on YouTube. You can listen on all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Now make your second listen to Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Uh, it includes uh, yours truly, a 60-second recap essentially of the game. Um, the things you won't see in the box score in a lot of cases from our hosts. So make sure to check out the Game to Game podcast. You can follow Game to Game on Lockdown NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.